Brat Pack, and welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for that right balance of coverage for the games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the SpongeBob and Patrick of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network, and I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me this week on this co-op adventure, the guy who prefers Krabby Patties to cheeseburgers. Josh, how are you doing, sir? Doing great. I'm doing great. Getting off that uh, holiday weekend. I don't want to call it a buzz. I'm going to call it a uh, coma. How about you? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. Did you, have a good, did you have a good holiday? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was great. I had uh, baby's first Thanksgiving. He was well behaved. And ate a lot of food. Played some games. Played a lot of games. Very cool. We. I also... I played a lot of one in particular game, which we'll talk about in a little yeah. bit. But I really love Thanksgiving for that because it really has become a tradition for us. Of We cook a bunch of food. Usually the wife and I just stay home. We don't usually travel to our families for Thanksgiving just because of her work situation and my work situation. But we cook enough food for if we had like eight people. And then we just like play board games and eat leftovers the entire week, the whole long weekend. It's pretty great. Nice. So, uh, and But hey, listeners, thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, send any feedback or questions, suggested topics, things you'd like us to talk about to at BoardWithVG on Twitter um, or check out all the awesome, awesome work that is done over on Instagram, also BoardWithVG. And remember, hey, hashtag your stuff with hashtag BoardWithVG um, so you can be in the conversation and we can build a sweet community of people talking about the games that they love to play, no matter whether it's on the table or on the television. If you tuned in last week, you know that it was a board game heavy episode i.e. it was 100% board games, uh, which we love, but we also understand that not everybody is 100% into board games like we are. So we'll be balancing it out this week a little bit with a mostly video game-focused show. Um, However, we are going to talk about what we've been playing on the table this week. So Josh, what did you have a chance to play this Thanksgiving weekend? Okay, well, I'll tell you, on Thanksgiving alone with the family, we we played Codenames Disney, uh, which was... Uh, replay, you know, I don't know if about you guys with the with the pictures theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this game is clearly made for kids. Um, you know, and I and I knowing that that the codenames Disney had uh, words on the other side, I didn't realize they were just the names of the character on the other side. Oh yeah. So it's it kind of takes away that little a little bit of the you. I mean, you should play pictures at that point. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> but, much so. Uh, uh, we still, I still found it. We still had some challenges, which is fun. You know, everyone gives clues differently, um, but uh, it, it just made me want to play code names regular uh, right. more. Um, I know no- some people prefer pictures over basic, but right. How knowledgeable were people in your family about Disney? Well, we had, we're a big Disney family. However, um, my my aunt probably hasn't seen a. A Disney movie or a Pixar movie in the past few years. So there was a lot of stuff she didn't even know what the pictures were for. Okay. So it, it, it's challenging if you're not up on Disney. You really have there's so much. It's so much of a character focus that mm-hmm. you, you kind of you you would be at a disadvantage not knowing Disney, uh, which is a bummer. Right. But um, my folks thought it would be fun. They bought a Disney Family Feud. That was. Terrible. Oh no! <laughs> Just to give you an example, uh, someone plays like uh, my cousin John was the host, so I called him Steve uh, the whole time. But uh, th- there's questions like, uh, 
top top eight answers. Uh, what type of what character would be Pluto's best friend? Like, what type of dog would be Pluto's best friend? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or like which Muppet would most likely be, go on a cruise. So they were just terrible, awful. It was just so bad. So what dog was most likely to be Pluto's best friend? I don't even remember. Okay, because I was irrelevant. trying to decide if it would be like a golden retriever. Like, cause I, golden is that... retriever was on the list. So okay. it was and yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was <laughs> so bad. It was so bad. Don't buy that game if you see it. It's not worth it. Um, then we played Ella Minis, which is a game we picked up at PAX, um, which is a really quick, fun uh, two to eight player game. And essentially uh, what you're doing is you're trying to make a hand of five um, element cards. And you, and what you have it, in the game, there are cards that are um, earth. Uh, it's, actually, it's actually rock. So rock, fire, water, plant, and uh, cloud. Those are the elements. Um, and if you have all five of those in front of you, you win. There's also a star or the sun card, which is a wild, can represent any color. And you have trash. Trash is, um, you cannot win if you have trash in front of you. There are also cards that are uh, called swap, recycle, discard. And there's one more I'm blanking. But basically what you do is you don't have a hand. You have a draw pile in front of you. And, and everyone draws from that pile. And when you draw a card, you can either play it uh, or put it in front of someone else you're playing against. And that's where the fun kind of comes in. Like if, I'm, if I have a, a water and an earth and or, or grass in front of me and I draw another water, I don't want that in front of me necessarily. Um, so, but if, if I'm playing my wife and she has a water in front of her, I could really mess her up by putting another water in front of her because that gives her two elements and she only needs one. You're limited to a hand of five. You can't go over five for your hand size. And you also need five elements to win. So each card on the bottom right-hand corner shows uh, what cards that card will replace. So if you have a rock it will as an example and it's probably wrong it could replace um grass or fire and you have to essentially swap cards out of your hand and people can force you to do that um okay. so if your hand if you have five cards in front of you and your hand is full and someone gives you a, a fire card you need to figure out what that replaces and swap it from your hand essentially okay. Eliminating that card that you needed to win. Right. Yeah, which is pretty cool. The only way to get rid of a trash is through the wild, which is uh, challenging. You can give a trash to someone else and really screw them over. Um, it's a fun game. It's like a take that card game. Mm -hmm. uh, a game uh, around can last anywhere from two minutes to to ten minutes, and you just you can just keep playing from the disc the deck until it's empty if you want. Um, it was pretty fun. Um, I'll just say real quick, I'll, I'll talk about it next week. Uh, my wife and I finally played photosynthesis, but I want to give it some due time to talk about. Uh, it's definitely a buy. I'll tell you that right away as like a tease. Uh, it's, it's so that's one of the games that sold out at PAX Unplugged that we almost didn't get. Um, we played another two player game called Odin's Raven by Osprey games. And that game is, 
quick, fun two-player game that was really cool. Uh, but because uh, of our board game focus last week, I'll, I'll end it there. <laughs> Just give you a little bit of a taste of what we've been doing. Um, but why don't you uh, give us a taste about uh, this big, uh, crazy game you've been playing? Yeah, so I have, you know, I had a pretty decent sized backlog of board games I needed to get through. And then I got this little care package, you know, in the mail that was supposed to be some cards and some cards only. And then it had all these games inside of it. So thank you very much, Josh, for sending me a care package of board games that have now been added to my back stock of things I need to get through. Because the game that I've been playing, um, the wife and I played a lot of games over break. Like I said, we actually played... um, a total of 12 rounds of this game over the course of four days. Uh, And that is Pandemic Legacy Season 2. Now, let me preface with, I will make this as spoiler-free as I possibly can. So no worries if you haven't played it yet. I will avoid any story spoilers or anything that's going to potentially ruin anything other than maybe what you do in the prologue of the game. And what the nice thing about this game is, is that for Pandemic Legacy Season 1, the first game that you played in the season was just... Pandemic. There was really no difference from the base pandemic game. So if you had played base pandemic, you could just jump into January and get rolling. Um, pandemic Legacy Season 2 takes the same calendar format that you play the game January through December. You can play, if you win the month, you move on to the next month. If you lose, you play the month again. But even if you lose the month a second time, you still have to move on. So you can play the game a minimum of 12 times, a maximum of 24 times. Um, but this game is not identical to pandemic so there is a prologue that you can play as many times as you want to um, that has a couple small changes to the rules uh, so you can get a hang of the mechanics in this game we play the prologue three times so that's where i got to the 14 because we got all the way through july so we're starting august will be the next game that we play Um, because we really wanted to see kind of how the different mechanics work and try out the different characters because just like before it's variable player powers you have different characters who can do different things so we want to try them all out and get a, get a feel for them, so hence why we played the prologue three times. Overall, I'm really enjoying this game. There were, I think this game at certain points was far more challenging than the first season of Pandemic Legacy, but only because uh, I think we made the game harder than it should have been. What they do, and this is, I don't think this is a spoiler, is basically each month there's a certain number of objectives that you need to complete in order to finish the game. There's a mandatory objective and then, you know, a group of multiple um, other objectives that you can complete, but you have to complete a total of two or three or one, depending on the month of of objectives. When looking at the optional objectives, you, it's this delicate balance between, okay, we're very close to losing or we feel like we're close to losing. We can easily complete this optional objective, but as soon as we complete it, you know, it's a legacy game, that optional objective might go away and we won't have that option again the next month. So if we're close to losing or we think we're going to lose, do we do what we perceive to be the easy optional objective, knowing we likely will, that will put us at two and we need three to win and we're probably not going to get there. Or do we wait on it? We ended up waiting on it. And that was a huge mistake (laughs) because it made the game so much harder, which we realized once we actually did that objective, we're like, oh my gosh, what were we doing? Like we were playing on hard mode for like two months of like, because the game got really hard, like really hard. And we're like, man, how are you supposed to do this? And then we did this thing that had been sitting on the board for a long time. And we're like, oh, we're idiots. We're such idiots. And I think we had a lot of season one um, 
kind of holding us back because there's some things that happened in season one that made us not want to get really attached to anything or, or the way anything was going. Yeah. And I think that prevented us from maybe making some of the decisions we would have. And as a result, we definitely um, maybe made the game a little bit harder than it should have been. Um, the mechanics are a little bit different. They, there's definitely parallels to the mechanics from regular pandemic though. So there things are called different and they work a little bit differently, but you'll definitely see and become very familiar and comfortable with the mechanics very quickly if you've played normal pandemic. Um, this game takes place 71, 71 years after the first game. So you definitely don't have to have played season one in order to play this game, but I would still recommend it because it helps give a nice little background um, on what to do. Overall, though, I think it's a really, really fun game. I would definitely recommend it. I know that for people who have completed it, there are some people who like it way better than season one, and there are people who like it way less than season one. Yeah. Right now, I'm kind of, I like it. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes. The one thing I don't like is because of some of the choices that they made in design, they force things to happen that maybe you didn't choose to do because they have to in order for the game to progress forward. And that's kind of unfortunate, not being able to be like, well, I don't want that to happen. Eventually, it just does. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a bummer, but I also understand why they had to do it that way. That's the only real thing that I'm kind of, uh, I see as kind of a drawback, is that you have some control over what you do, but eventually, things are just going to start happening. And then there sometimes is a maybe a penalty if you hadn't done it ahead of time. Um, which you don't know, though, because you didn't do it, so you weren't really aware of what was going to happen. But that's okay. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, I think that's the only thing that I, I I wish a little bit that that hadn't had to happen, that there had been a way that the game could be designed where, like, literally whatever you choose is just what happens. And if you don't choose something, it just never happens. Um, but obviously, that would be very, very challenging to do. So I like it. I, I would highly encourage, you know, if you're interested to check it out, um, Again, designed by um, Rab Davio and Matt Leacock, published by Z-Man. Um, you can pick it up just about everywhere. It's actually been on sale a lot lately for Black Friday and Cyber Monday and all that good stuff. So you can probably get it pretty cheap. Retail 70 but I think it's easily worth 70 because of the plays that you'll get out of it. But Pandemic Legacy Season 2 so far, thumbs up, um, about to roll into August here. And when we finish it, I will give a final review on it. So... Yes. You haven't started, have you finished season one yet? <laughs> no, I don't think that we're ever going to finish it. <laughs> real, real bummer. I was thinking about it the whole time you were talking. I'm just in, I'm, I'm in this position where I don't know what to do. And now I'm, I, 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 I'm thinking about it and I literally look to my right and there's just a giant gloomhaven box looking at me. <laughs> so I can't even like, I can't even like fathom like, diving into trying to finish season one, starting season two. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. Well, you just have to get it all done before you get seventh continent. I, I'm not getting seventh continent. Oh. I'll have to live through you for that one because yeah. I didn't get in on that Kickstarter. So, all right. So we don't have a board game topic, but we do have a few listener questions that I, we figured would fit in for the board game topic this week. So remember, you can always hit us up on, um, at, at board with VG, and we will tackle your topics and your questions here on the show. Um, our first question from Paul Calico at Paul Calico 84 thoughts on fireball Island and why haven't they updated such a badass game? Josh, do you want to give Paul the good news? I do. I feel like 
there's no way he asked this question blindly, right? He must have. He had to have known, right? He has to know. He would think. So let's talk about Fireball Island first. So this original game, I want to say it was a Mattel game. Uh, I never played it. Um, But there's just like this infamous lore about Fireball Island. It's like you drop a marble on the top of a volcano and it wipes out your characters as you're trying to progress through this game. Everyone talks about how it was one of the coolest mechanics for a game. So with that being said, at, uh, I want to say Gen Con, at Dice Tower's panel, yep, they had uh, Restoration Games come out with this huge announcement. Uh, if you don't know who Restoration Games are, um, you can look at, uh, what's, I'm, now I'm blanking on the name of the, uh, the game I have, um, the racing game. And I'm blanking uh, on the name. Is it Downshift? Downshift. So this is a game. Or down, so Downforce. 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 Yeah. So Restoration Games, what they do is they take these games from 70s, 80s, even 90s that are pretty much outdated, and they revamp the whole game, keeping the core mechanics of the game intact. So the gameplay pretty much stays the same, but they give you um, everything is updated and looks nice and fresh. So they said, hey, guess what? We're bringing back Fireball Island. But <laughs> it's going to be Kickstarter. And the Kickstarter is coming out um, in January or February. So there's not a lot of a lot of information about it out there. Uh, so I would say to Paul, uh, get excited. I'm excited. Uh, this will happen. There's no way this won't get funded on day one. Just yeah. Just get your wallet ready because there's no way this isn't going to be an expensive game because uh, if you look at the box for the original Fireball Island, it's like, it's big. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a big set. So there's no way they're not going to do that justice. So you're either looking at a big box, like a Gloomhaven box, or you're looking at something like um, Steam Park where you're building a lot of pieces inside a regular size box. But where are you going to store it? Is it going to be like Mousetrap where you have to build it every time? So I don't know what they're going to do, especially for shipping and all that too. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, and I think too, I mean, one reason I'm super confident in it is that, you know, Restoration Games, like Rob Davio is like the person who like reworks these things. And that guy, man, he's so good at his job. He's so good at designing games. So I'm super excited for it. I will be backing that Kickstarter. So Paul, your your hopes have been answered. Look for that Kickstarter for Fireball Island early next year. And I know they're going to probably tweak and rework some things, but it's probably going to be sweet. Because how fun is putting a marble and knocking people off? I mean, that's sweet. That's yeah, so cool. There's no way they don't crush that. So, awesome. Question two this week comes from Kevin Austin at PSVG Kevin. And he asked, what's your most anticipated game you haven't cracked open yet? Josh, what's, what do you just have a hankering to play? All right. Well, I'm, not, I'm besides Gloomhaven, uh, <laughs> uh, I have Scythe uh, and Dice Forge just sitting. Those are probably my two most anticipated games to play that I that I have owned for a while. Um, that just are those are the the type of games that I know I need like an hour to sit down with before I even get into it, and I need to read the instructions and then read them with the people I'm playing with. Like, that's the downside to board games, unlike video games where you can just kind of jump in and get a tutorial. Uh, 
you really need to do some reading before you get in and and uh <laughs> there's nothing worse than playing a game for the first time and realizing two hours and you've been playing it wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? And it's happened so many times that, that that's just become a practice now that we have to uh, take the time to read it. I mean, Mice and Mystics is up there too. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, to, to be fair to Kevin, uh, all of my games have been cracked open. <laughs> <laughs> we literally, when we, when we were looking at our PAX hall of like the 20 games or whatever we have, we were trying to figure out a game to play that uh, Sunday night after we come home. And I said, how about we just sit down with the baby on the floor and we just pop every cardboard back in like sleep, like insiding panel of every game we bought. So that's what we did. We sat down, we opened the shrink wrap of every game. We popped out all the pieces of every game and we put them away just to get that. That was like, that's like Christmas for me. Like, and inside Gloomhaven, I haven't done it yet because I'm waiting for the gaming group that we're going to be playing with. Mm-hmm. There's like 15 cardboard inserts to be that have sheets that have stuff to be popped out <laughs> of. Like it's insane. So I hope that answers your question, Kevin. Uh, I'm not confident it did, but you're going to have to find an answer in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I have a couple. Um, one of them is this sweet game I'm holding right here. Oh. Um, so yeah, so Harry Potter, Hogwarts Battle, the Monster Box of Monsters expansion. Um, I've re- I've had for a while now, and I have yet to take the shrink off it. It's still totally wrapped in plastic. I don't know um, how you do that. I know. Well, I because I do it. That helps me keep track of what I haven't haven't played. So otherwise, <laughs> sometimes I forget that I play things. Um, so I really enjoy the Harry Potter deck builder game. So I'm really looking forward to getting into this expansion. I meant to get into it a long time ago, but then other games showed up and other things kind of happened. So that is probably of the games I have in my possession currently, um, the thing that I am really excited to play. Now, you know, with all these sweet Black Friday deals and thanks to Josh's heads up, I did order Drop Mix. Me too. And I'm actually really, really <laughs> excited to play Drop Mix when it's supposed to show up on Thursday. I, which I don't know how that's two-day shipping since I ordered it on Monday, but whatever. That's cool. Um but I'm really excited to play Drop Mix and, and dig into that. Um, I Everything I've seen about it, it just looks fun. I still don't fully, even after you've explained it, I still don't fully grasp the game. Yeah. But I'm excited to make some sweet mixes. And probably one episode or so, we will share, after we both have the game, some of our sweetest Drop Mix mixes with all of you. So you can take a listen to them and see how awesome they are. Um, but those are probably the two board games I am most excited for right now. Um, I have a slew of other ones that I want to play as well, but those are two at the top of my list um, of what will be cracked next. Uh, for video games, though, you know, I, I bought some games over Black Friday, and I didn't want to in the sense of, like, I have way too big of a backlog. But Watch Dogs 2 is $12. Uh, you didn't like Watch Dogs 2? I didn't like Watch Dogs, so I'm not even trying to. So... <laughs> I have heard really good things, including Kevin. Yeah, from really Kevin, like, right? <laughs> yeah, really like Watch Dogs 2. So it is actually, if I was going to pick for sure what I was playing next, I would pick Watch Dogs 2. But um, with the end of the year wrapping up here, I have some games from this year I need to finish up after I finish up the games I'm currently playing. So it probably will be put on the back burner until January. But from a, from a video game perspective, that is the next game that I want to crack. So we've answered your questions. Remember, feel free to send them in. We love talking and, and having a conversation with you all. 
Um, and what are the games that you're most looking forward to or your most anticipated games that you have that you haven't cracked open yet? Let us know at Board with VG. But with that, let's take a little bit of a turn here and start getting into that digital goodness. Josh, what have you been playing on your television, sir? Well, I haven't. It's been a little bit of everything. I haven't really put solid time into to, to much just because of, cause of dad life stuff. So, but it's been a little while since we talked about games, I think, right? At least mm-hmm. what we've been playing. So uh, I've been, I was like racking my brain. I fired up Injustice 2 again. It's been a while. Um, so I wanted to get my hands on Hellboy and try that out. And um, so I tried Hellboy and... Uh, someone else, I don't remember. I, I, don't pl- I played around a little bit. I, I really enjoy that game, but um, I feel like I fell behind a, a bunch, and I wasn't confident jumping into any of the tower um, battles or anything. So I kind of put that down real quick. How do you Just, feel about the Ninja Turtles? Are you excited for them? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, no one expected it, and right. it'll be interesting how they work out the swapping mechanic. Yeah. Because uh, obviously you're not fighting as all four of them at the same time. Wouldn't that be sweet if you were, though? <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be like it would be like Tekken Tag Tournament was like, or like, uh, not now, because you wouldn't play two at a time. There was a game, maybe one of the Street Fighters that let you do two at a time. It was a mess, and there's a reason why they don't do it anymore. <laughs> like each uh, face button represents a different turtle, and they do their attack when you hit it. And then I think it would be, I think that you could, would be it, cool, it would yeah. work. It would work. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> That would be cool. Um, what else? So I, a little bit of Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, not as much as as you. I know you're going to talk about that. Uh, Mario Odyssey I've been playing a little bit, uh, which I love. It just reminded me of when I was, when Mario 64 came out. It's a game I would play with my brother. And we'd sit down and pass the controller back and forth. Uh so I feel like when I'm playing Odyssey, I feel like I'm doing too much and I feel like I'm getting <laughs> frustrated easily. Like, because it's one of those games where there's so many little things and secrets you can find. And like, I get to the desert level and I'm like, I'm off to the right doing stuff that I don't necessarily have to be doing right away. Right. And I'm like, why am I not getting further in the story? What's going on? Oh, cause I didn't go straight, <laughs> which is like <laughs> the way they want me to go. So I've been going all over the place with that. And then uh, I've been messing around with Xbox Game Pass, just kind of checking out a bunch of those games. Uh, I know there's stuff I'm missing. I'm looking I'm looking at my stuff now. But um, I think next for me is Metal Gear. I'm going to jump into Metal Gear mm-hmm. Solid 5 since I never played it. Uh, I'm gonna have, it's one of those games I'm going to have to play at night, though. I didn't buy any games for Black Friday because uh, I have so many games I have to play. I mean, I bought a lot of board games for Black Friday. That's what I should say. Um, But I guess, I mean, just, I didn't really talk. I really enjoy Odyssey. I do. I think it's a great game. It looks incredible. Uh, You know, Switch has been killing it. Uh, um, The wife has been playing Stardew Valley on it. Oh, nice. And, you know, it it takes a little bit to get her into games. So it's good that Chicken has has been picking it up. I'm playing it. My left joy, one of my left joy cons is broken, which is a bummer. So I have to buy a new one. Ugh. And that stinks because they're not cheap. But no, they're not. No, they're not. What can you do? I guess. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, Cuphead. I'll have to play some more Cuphead too. But uh, 
I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know if you guys get this or you specifically, Kyle, but like, I have to get, I'm in that funk right now of, of video games. Like there's so many I want to play, mm-hmm. but when I pot, when I start playing it, I like don't have that. Like doesn't grab me. And then I go, uh, maybe, uh, stop. I'll exit. I'll try a different game. And like, <laughs> it really bums me out because like, I feel like it's like this weird, like, um, OC, not OCD. What's the word I'm trying to think of? You're like so overwhelmed by choices that you can't like just even pick. You can't something. make a decision. Yeah. yeah. And, and with Destiny 2's expansion coming out next week, I feel like I'm obligated to jump back into it because I, have, right. I haven't I haven't touched Destiny 2 in like three weeks. So I feel like it's <laughs> well, time to all, jump back all in. All the issues they're having from as far yeah, as... Yeah, now all this crap is going on. But, so, I, you know, that's the thing with Destiny. Like if I don't jump into Trials of Osiris the day it launches, I'll be behind. Yep. Absolutely. And now I feel, and I bought all the, the DLC, so I feel a little obligated to, to spend time doing that. No, absolutely. Yeah, I when the expansion comes out, because I also bought like the big season pass combo, whatever. Um, so I will jump into that when it comes out as well. I was actually going to pick up um, Xenoblade Chronicles two um, on Friday, but I just have so much to play that I'm I decided not to get it. Yeah. Um, I was excited about that game, and I was really looking forward to it, but. Just too much time, too many other things to play right now, and it's just not a high enough priority for me. Um, interestingly enough, I did buy games on Black Friday. I told myself I wasn't going to, and then we ended up at Target because we had to buy blankets. Uh, you know, we're we're very quirky Black Friday shoppers. We go like buy blankets and like laundry detergent. <laughs> like we that's the kind of stuff we go out for. And I was like, well, we're at Target, so I, I'll I'll take a look. Um, so I ended up buying Watch Dogs too because it was twelve dollars. I bought Shadow of War because I really like Shadow of Mordor. And then I bought, um, <laughs> this was because of my wife, she really wants me to play these games because I never played them. I bought Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5 Remix and Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Um, oh boy. 2. Which is like 8? nine, which that's is a like, thing? that's a thing, yeah. 2.8. So, yeah, two, well, it, yeah, you know, Square Enix. Uh, so that between those two games is actually like nine games. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but my wife really wants me to play at least Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 before 3 comes out. So I figure. I probably got a solid six years. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, forever. So, so no, I don't know about if it's gonna be quite that long, but I think I got a while. But she she loves those games, and I've never played the Kingdom Hearts game, so I told her we would sit down and play them together. So I'm excited actually to do that with her, um, kind of pass the controller back and forth, and, and kind of do that with her because she really likes gaming. Um, but she they're very select games that she will play, um, but she really enjoys it when she does. The game I have been playing, though, um, to kind of segue into what I've actually been doing, is I have been playing Assassin's Creed Origins. I've put about uh, 25 to 30 hours into it now. I'm at about level 30. And the very uh, quick sidebar, the thing that I was really worried about is I started playing Overwatch again. And I hadn't played Overwatch since, like, August. And then my friends were like, hey, let's play. So I jumped in, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot how much I loved Overwatch. But then I was like, no, I have to play Assassin's Creed. Like, I can't get sucked back into Overwatch. But man, Overwatch is so good. Anyway, um, after playing about 30 hours or of Assassin's Creed Origins, I would say at this point, this is my second favorite Assassin's Creed game behind Black Flag. Um, I have played all of the mainline ones other than Rogue, which rumor is saying is going to be coming out next year on PS4. I'm sure it's probably on backwards compatibility with 360, which doesn't help me. But um, it is not. Rogue is not. Oh, I, I think it was a PlayStation exclusive. Rogue? Was it? No, no I'm thinking it was, a, 
Yeah, it was the PS3 360 one that came out okay. when Unity. I'm thinking of the Vita one. Yeah, but no, I don't think Rogue is on back compat. Okay, so maybe that's just going to get remastered for everyone then. But um, so yeah, other than that one, I've played all of the main lines in the series, and this is like I said, definitely my second favorite. Um, I will echo the sentiment that's been out there a little bit though that I don't think this 100% feels like an Assassin's Creed game, but I'm okay with that. And the reason I'm really okay with that is I, I feel like there's this weird dichotomy that happens of that we. You know, as gamers, we get really upset with games that, you know, annualize the release and we just talk about how it's the same game. Like, COD is always the same. They don't really change anything. They're just charging you again. And Madden is the same and they don't ever change anything. But then a developer says, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to take a year off. We're going to make some changes. And then they make these changes and say, hey, here's the next Assassin's Creed. And now people are like, well, it doesn't feel like an Assassin's Creed game. It's like, well, what do you want? Like, you wanted them to, like, update things and make changes and make it better. But now you're like, oh, it doesn't feel like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, you can't, you can't win. I think it's great. And I do think it doesn't feel like an Assassin's Creed game. I agree with you on that. But it, it's a good game. Who cares? That's all, you, that's all you should care about is if it's good and it continues the story that you enjoy. Absolutely, least in my opinion. So, right, yeah, no. What do we know? <laughs> right, I agree with you 100. I really like Bayek, the main character. I think he's great. Um, I think he's fun and engaging. Um, I think most like the side quests are side quests. Like some of them are great. Some of them are like, why would I ever waste my time doing this? Like I get what my role is, but it seems odd for me to do. I really like the changes to combat. I really um, appreciate this more. I think obviously. You know, when you're in some tight spaces, it can be hard because, like, with how the camera works, you can't see if you can, like, go backwards and things like that. Um, but overall, I haven't had a, a bunch of... I've had maybe one or two deaths where I was like, I tried to, like, roll out of the way, but I rolled into, like, a wall I couldn't see. Um, but for the most part, I haven't really had any issues with that. So I really like the the combat changes. Um, there are hippos in the game, which are awesome. I'm just really sad that I have to kill them. Um, because there are some missions where they're like, kill these hippos. And I'm like, but I really don't want to. Can't I have, like, why can't I have a hippo mount? Like, why can't I ride a hippo? Because. But they, <laughs> That's like, all you they, need to hear. <laughs> like, you know what? Loot boxes aside, if they would let me buy a hippo as my mount, I would give them good money for a hippo mount. I'm just saying. Uh, I like uh, the lots. I like the variances between, like, the city, the desert, the water. Like, I just... I think it's cool. I like the loot system that is in place. Like, I feel like I'm constantly working on upgrades and getting good stuff. Um, and granted, I'm not to max level yet, but I feel like every time I get a, a weapon, it's like either something I can use right away or I can break it down to help upgrade my other equipment. So the, that loop is very satisfying right now. I'm just really enjoying this game. Um, I, I don't know if it'll be in my top five of the year. That's why I want to keep playing it. It's definitely in contention. It's for sure in my top ten. Um, but yeah, I really want to applaud Ubisoft. They did a good job. I think the year off was well worth it. Um, and if this is the new, you know, direction for Assassin's Creed, I for one am really, really happy with it. So, any? Do you have any other thoughts on Assassin's Creed Origins, sir? No, I mean, I haven't put enough time in to really like formulate a a, a solid opinion on it. But um, it looks gorgeous i can say that right away um and i, I like the story it kind of caught me off guard like it kind of throws you right into the story when you're thinking yeah. you're just doing a regular like fetch quest and all of a sudden it's a main quest line and and you kind of explore why this main character is like tormented you don't really mm -hmm. know right away so I, I like where it's going and and <laughs> 
my favorite part of the Assassin's Creed series is back. I won't say anything to avoid spoilers, but there's something that is universal to the Assassin's Creed games involving the Animus that that a lot of people don't like. I'll just say it. Well, you get to play in current timeline. Oh, okay. I was like, what? What are you? I'm like, I don't. I think I don't think it was a secret that the Animus still exists and stuff. But I don't think in the last like two Assassin's games, I don't think you play uh, current timeline people, right? I think I it's all like... it, it's all period, right? No, I think I'm almost well. Unity for sure. You went to current time. A syndicate crud. No, I think you did in Syndicate too. Did didn't you? you? Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't play those two. I, I just hadn't heard. Yeah. No, I, I didn't play positive. because of how. Because of how bad they were, <laughs> bug, bug wise. Um, like, Syndicate was actually a really. I really enjoyed Syndicate. I thought Syndicate was a good game. I didn't quite finish it, yeah. uh, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I heard it was good, but I had yeah. I had Unity for a year just sitting. I never played it. And I didn't have like I had like one bug issue in Unity the entire time that I played it. Really? It was like right. It was like in I the first, like that. thirty minutes. Like I had like I was supposed to jump off this build. You like jump off this tower, and like my character just would not jump off of it. Like I would run, <laughs> and it would just stop. Um, yeah. So I had to reload it, and then it worked fine. But that was like li- about the only bug I had when I played Unity. So clearly, other people had more, but I didn't have yeah. very many. Yeah, so. I regret not playing it. I love the I love the series so much that I just kind of let that the negative hype get to me. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, it's not like you have much to play right now. Just you know, pick it up on the cheap and go back and play it. <laughs> yeah, just put it on top of the board game stack. <laughs> That's right. So as the year winds down, we wanted to share a few of the games that came out this year that we really enjoy, but feels like maybe folks have forgotten about or are going to get overlooked. Um, or people, you know, when they look back on the year, there's going to be games they're not going to remember a, a lot. Um, these games may or may not show up on our favorite games of the year list. For me, I think a couple might vie for it, but I don't know if any of them will show up there. But these are just kind of those unsung hero games that put a smile on our face or that folks don't really seem to be talking about anymore but we want to give a little special recognition to. So we'll just walk through three to five games each, um, you know, as we kind of wind our show down here about, hey, if you have some time or have some some cash or have or have a desire, here's some games that maybe you didn't hear about that we think are good. Josh, what's your first game, sir? All right, I just want to say while I'm talking, if you hear my child screaming in the background, he, his mother is with him. He's not being <laughs> neglected. <laughs> He's important just being to, difficult. Important <laughs> thing to, to notice, to note. Uh, so my first unsung game, quote, unquote, uh, is a game I actually reviewed for PSVG uh, earlier in the year, I want to say in March. Um, and it actually just recently came out on the Switch uh, as well. It's called Perception. And uh, this game really caught me off guard. Uh, I was expecting... well. In the world of reviewing games, you play a lot of bad games. <laughs> and yes. once when I read the premise of this game, I expected it to be uh, one of the said bad games. Uh, but it wasn't. It actually was... Uh, I'm getting distracted by this game. <laughs> uh, okay. um, it, it takes place in uh, Massachusetts, so that kind of grabbed me right away. Um, but that's irrelevant to most people. Um, you play a blind girl, uh, which is intriguing right away to me. Uh, and how you uh, navigate through this game is with your cane, and you use echolocation. So as you tap your cane on a floor um, or even a radiator, it will 
uh, amplify and it will uh, vibrate through the room and you will be able to see the room or the objects in it. And depending on the items you hit, it will, um, like if you if you use your cane on a rug, it's going to dull the sound and not show you as much of the room as if you hit it on a hardwood floor. <clears throat> you're exploring this house, which, of course, something creepy is happening in, and you're not entirely sure what is happening. Uh, as you play through this game, you start living through memories of this house, like the house is a character. So at one point, instead of... Uh, being in this regular house, you're in like a World War II, um, like active scene. Like there's shells going off in the background, and you're walking through barbed wire outside. And and uh, <clears throat> one of the cool elements of this game is when you're in the house, uh, you need to use your cane to see where you're going. However, the more noise you make, the more attention uh, the house. I'm going to call him demon as attracted to you. So you're actually um, kind of like told, don't make so much noise, but you're literally looking at a black screen and you can <laughs> only see if you're tapping your cane. So it's very suspenseful. Um, they managed to make a game where you're just seeing black and like a grayish blue tint to the game. Uh, they managed to make a very beautiful looking game. And uh they did a great job, very clever, very entertaining. Um, I just really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and it may or may not have made it into my top five games of the year. Awesome. Um, if you are interested in learning more, uh, Gameumentary, who makes uh, documentaries about video games, similar to like what Daniel O'Dwyer does with Noclip, but they're a little bit newer. Um, their second feature was actually about Deep End Games, um, who made Perception and Bill and Amanda Gardner, who are the couple who made it out of their home. Um, so definitely, uh, encourage you to watch it if you're interested. It is a well done documentary about the making of that game. So they do good nice. work over there. So my first game that I'm going to mention, um, uh, is a game probably people may have heard of. Um, but I think that when we get to the end of the year here, when people are talking about some of their favorite games that have played, I think this is a game that's going to get left by the wayside, which I think is a bummer. And that is Yakuza Zero, uh, which was released in January of this year, which seems like forever ago at this point. Um, but this is the prequel to the Yakuza series, which is a seems like it's getting a, a new game every six months at this point. Uh, but it's, it's a long-running series. But this is a really excellent point to jump in if you've never played a Yakuza game. Uh, it's an open-world action-adventure game. And in, in this version, you're alternating between um, series protagonist um, Kazuma Kiru um, and then a, a character who's regularly recurring named Goro Majima. Um, and you're just kind of you know following the story um, about how they became members of the Yakuza and how they kind of became up to be who they were that you see in Yakuza Kiwami, um, which also just came out in August as a remaster. Um, but the thing that I love about Yakuza is this game is like everything I love about video games and that stuff is just over-the-top ridiculous. Like, when you're fighting, you're like picking up bikes and throwing them at people and you can like, you have these like really urgent missions to go on, but you can stop and go have like a dance-off or go sing karaoke, or go to the batting cages, or go we, you know, go run a business. It, like it's just over the top ridiculousness of what you see, um, and and what I love about games. Like I, I like games that are like super gritty and dark, and like take things to like the ser super serious level. And then I like things that are super over the top ridiculous, 
And I don't really like the things that are in between. So like, I like the two extremes. And Yakuza for me is one of those games that is an absolute just extreme. It is a joy to play. Some of the stuff is super weird. Uh, they're one of the side missions that I just, as an example, like one of the first side missions that you do, or it becomes an option to you is you have a, a guy who's really worried about his girlfriend because she's been doing all these weird things and you find out she's being basically like coerced and forced to sell her underwear to people who want it. So then you got to go find out like who's oh making God. her sell this underwear. <laughs> and then you have to like take down this like bevy of like girl gang members who are like, it's, it's just weird, crazy Yakuza stuff. And it's a fun game. It's super enjoyable to play. Um, if you play it and like it, you have a bevy of other games that are going to be coming out within the series. Like I said, Yakuza Kiwami just came out in August. Yakuza Kiwami 2, which is a remaster of the second game, is coming out in Japan in December. Um, and I'm assuming it will come out in North America at some point. But then Yakuza 6 um, is actually coming out in March of 2018. So if you jump in here and like it, you'll have plenty of Yakuza goodness to keep you wrapped up for many, many hours to come. Uh, that's Yakuza 0. Josh, what's next for you, sir? Uh, another game I reviewed this year that I also expected to hate. Uh, this is a game I think, not only is it unsung, I think that, I mean, it's certainly under the radar, but I feel like when a lot of people see, saw this game, they assumed the worst. Uh, it's called Riptide GP uh, Renegade. And if you had the same impression I did, I actually, when I wrote the review, uh, they asked me to change some of it because I uh, mistakenly thought it was based off the app. So there's an app on oh. most phones. Gotcha. That is uh, so. Essentially, this game is uh, Wave Race. If you ever played Wave Race, <clears throat> meets Hydro Thunder, meets California Rush, whatever, all those games. Like it's all combined, and uh, it's just a fun. It's a. It's out, and it, they just announced it's coming to the Switch in a week, which is also <laughs> cool um, because it will be great for multiplayer. But it's just a fun arcadey racer that I don't feel like we've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like cruise, cruising USA style, like hydro, like all those kind of games. It's surprisingly deep as far as um, the level design. There's some awesome like tsunami levels where you're jumping over huge waves that are in like cities that have been crushed, and like you're going through like skyscrapers, but you're like at half of their height because they're covered in water, and the, and there's like. It's, it brings back those levels where, like, each lap, the map is different. Mm-hmm. So the next map, something different has changed on the on, – not map, sorry. Each, the, the next lap, something different has changed in the race. Um, you can unlock characters as you play, and you can unlock jet skis as well, and that's what you're racing on. Um, super fun game. That's not going to win game of the year. Um, but sometimes you kind of just need a game that you can sit down and play uh, with four people, it's four pl- four player split screen, um, so it's a nice, good coach co op game that you can kind of just sit down and relax with. Uh, nothing too crazy. I don't need to get too in depth with it. If you like games like that, uh, it's an easy buy. It's probably the best one. It's not even on the Switch yet, but it's probably going to be the better of the that style of games that's available on the Switch. Awesome. Uh, my next game is a game that I blame everyone. Um, who plays video games who didn't buy this game for making it so we won't get future games like this. Uh, and that is Next Machina. Um, it came out this summer, uh, a game developed by Housemark, And this real game really epitomizes arcade score chasing. 
Um, an excellent twin stick shooter that is beautiful, really emphasizes the gameplay is king idea. Um, you know, chasing your friends on the leaderboards, chasing high scores, and really puts your your chops to the test when it comes to playing games. Um, the game is tough but rewarding. A really good entry for anyone who likes a twin stick shooter. Um, great soundtrack, beautiful visual visuals, really tight controls. It is a phenomenal game. But clearly not enough people bought it because Housemark said, hey, you know, arcade titles aren't uh, moving enough units anymore, so we're leaving making arcade games behind. So I blame all of you who didn't buy it to make, to make Housemark leave. Now, granted, I would love to see whatever Housemark does next. They're a super talented studio, and I'm sure they can do whatever they want. Um, but it is an excellent game, one of the best twin-stick shooters for sure this generation. Um, that's Next Machina. What about next? What's next for you, sir? Uh, NBA Playgrounds. Whoa, this is going to be controversial. I'm okay. kidding. <laughs> um, it's actually, it's not something for uh, un, unsung hero game, unsung game. The word Tetris should never fall in that category. But the Puyo Puyo Tetris game that came out for the Switch, nobody talks about. Not a lot of people that, that I know have bought it. <clears throat> but it's awesome. And uh, and. And it's it has a story mode. That's fine. Uh, they kind of they force you to play the Puyo Puyo game a lot, which I don't love. But this game is the best for four player, two two player, three player, four player battle. Like these awesome battle modes where you can punish your opponents just from completing lines. There's awesome party game modes where it switches. The games in between matches and it causes chaos. Uh, we had I had so much fun playing this game. Uh, I hadn't played a Tetris game in in years, so uh, it was a it's a fun welcome addition. There's different characters in the game. They have special abilities. Um, the storyline has voice acting in it, which was surprising to me, and it's pretty decent. Um, it's challenging, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's just a fun game. I would say if you have a Switch, it's a must-own. Awesome. It's also available on PlayStation 4 if you'd like to get uh, there. Hey, <laughs> just, I'm just saying if people are interested and don't own a Switch, that there are other ways to play the game as well. Just buy a Switch. <laughs> well, I, which is admittedly a great console, and I was playing right before we started. Mm-hmm. Uh, my th- next game um, is Ease 8 Lacrimesa of Dana. Uh, it came out... What? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Ease 8, um, another game in the storied Ease franchise, uh, published by NIS, developed by Nyan Falcom. Um, this game was released both on PS4 and Vita this fall. So it definitely was in it was in September, but it was definitely in that mix when all the big hitters started coming out. But So this game criminally got overlooked, I think. It's not much of a looker on PS4 because it was released on Vita, so it, it doesn't look super great. But the story is interesting. Uh, you're shipwrecked on an island, and you have to build up your camp, searching down for survivors, going out on these missions to kind of build this camp to eventually be able to build a ship and get rescued. But the combat in this game is super fun. Um, if you maybe are one of those people who has shied away from RPGs because you haven't played a lot of the action-style RPGs, this game, the combat system in it, and just running around and beating things up is a ton, ton of fun. Uh, I didn't finish the game because there were some issues with localization. So <laughs> uh, there's a, 
in the Japanese version of the game, there is a location called the Crevice of the Archaeozoic Era, is what it's called in the Japanese version. But the translation for the Western release is the uh, <laughs> is the Archaeozoic Big Hole. Like, that's <laughs> literally like crevice. how they translate <laughs> the, the Archaeozoic Big Hole. Uh, <laughs> so NIS has said they are going to they have gone back to the drawing board and are completely reworking the localization. So once I heard that, I just put the game on hold. There's just some really weird ways that they decided to to do some of that translation. Um, so they did say that a uh, update was coming. Um, it was supposed to come out before the end of this year. It has now been pushed to early 2018. But they are going. They're even like re-recording voice lines, redoing um, writing in the game. Like they are reworking the localization. So. If you can find this for inexpensive, I definitely recommend it, um, especially since, like I said, that localization patch has been pushed to 2018. Um, I put my playthrough on hold as a result of that just to wait for it, but I really am looking forward to getting back to Ease 8. It is a ton of fun, and if you're interested in playing an RPG where you just get to smack up and beat up a whole bunch of folks, this is going to be a great fit for you. Josh, as we start to wrap up the show, is there any honorable mentions or other games you want to mention very quickly that people should keep their eye out for? Just say uh, check out uh, Rise and Shine, uh, an Adult Swim's game, Adult Swim's game, Adult Swim game, um, and Kamiko. Those are the other two games that I would mention. Kamiko is on the Switch. It's like a six dollar game, and it's awesome. Old school uh, Zelda style, top down uh, dungeon explorer kind of game. That was high on my list too. Awesome. The other two games that I would mention really quick, um, one being Pyre from Supergiant Games. Everything they make is awesome. Uh, Bastion and Transistor are both excellent games, and Pyre was one of those games that I think was really hot when it first came out, but it's kind of fallen off of people's radar. Um, so make sure you check that out if you have a chance. And then the other one is actually a PSVR game, and that is Farpoint. Uh, a lot of people knock VR right now because they feel like there's not a quote-unquote AAA experience. And I'm not saying buy PSVR. I never am not a person who advocates buying any console for one game. Uh, but if you have a PSVR and you have not played Farpoint, I really recommend it. It is a cool experience. That aim controller is, like, it works. It, it does a really great job. And the game is cool. It's got a fun story. Um, it's a cool thing to explore and use that aim controller with. So I would definitely recommend checking out Farpoint if you have PSVR. So that's a pretty good list of games for people. Uh, check them out if you have an opportunity. Josh, should we uh, wrap this show up? Yeah, I think so. I gotta, I gotta go save my wife from that screaming <laughs> child. Uh, so th- thanks for joining us, guys uh, and gals. Remember, uh, find us on social media. That's uh, at board with v- VG B O A R D. Uh, if you have, if you're playing some games out there, even if you don't want to follow us uh, or check up on us all the time, just hashtag that board with VG. Uh, we'd love to see what kind of games you guys are playing. Um, I love looking at stuff like that. I love sharing stuff like that. So I'll do my best to keep doing that on Instagram. And I pop into Twitter every once in a while. That's Kyle's domain, but every once in a while I post in there. And your Instagram uh, skills are far better than my Twitter skills. So the Instagram's great. The Twitter, eh, it's serviceable. Yeah, we're working <laughs> on it. We're working on it. Um, so I'm just going to say uh, find me on uh, on Twitter as, at Josh Bones. And it's why so serious on Xbox and PS4, that's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Uh, I got a lot of spam bots in there now, so just let me know you're friendly. Uh, what about you, good sir? Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, and Board Game Geek at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. Also, uh, yeah, just let me know, like, hey, I listened to the podcast, and I will immediately accept you. Uh, but also, yeah, there's been 
spam bots, spam bots have gotten crazy lately. So um, just just let us know that you're friendly. Um, as we approach the holidays, just know that we plan to record each week, um, and we'll hopefully be releasing each week between now and the beginning of 2018. So you will have your board with video games each week from now until then. Um, so if you do have any suggestions, things you'd like to us talk about between now and then, be sure to hit us up on social media because we'd love to talk to you with you about them and have this be a two-way street of us having conversations with you. So again, thank you all for listening as always. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. This has been a production of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Find more great content at PlaySomeVideoGames.com.